All right, let's go to the next patient. Yeah, so the patient is a 50-year-old woman, premenopausal, who had had a right breast mass for three years. So when she presented, she had a large breast mass, a peau d'orange, and obvious axillary lymphadenopathy. She had a breast biopsy done in January 2009. It showed grade 3 invasive ductal carcinoma, ERPR positive, HER2 negative. She then had a PET scan, which showed that she had widespread metastatic disease. MRI of the brain showed that she had left orbital metastasis. An MRI of the cervical, thoracic, lumbar, sacral spines showed diffuse bone metastasis, infiltration of T4, T5, and she also had uh, cord compression at the T4, T5 level. So that's how she presented, a locally advanced breast cancer with widespread metastasis. Did you have the feeling that she was aware of this and had not sought medical care? Or? Yes, I did. She came from a very religious background, and I'm not sure how that impacted on her reluctance to seek care for this enlarging breast mass. But She's the mother of 11, yes. wow. uh, with her oldest being 30, her youngest being 5, and I yes. think she has, I think, 11 grandchildren also, yes. something like that. Yes. So she's certainly a very busy lady, and that could have contributed to her putting off seeking medical attention. But there certainly seemed to be some element of, of denial. denial right. Here. She's a very intelligent woman. So this is not an issue that she didn't know or had some kind of psychiatric disturbance. No, I think that she was busy and probably very frightened. That would be my sense. So this sounds like a pretty difficult situation. What did you do? Well, she had cord compression, so we referred her to radiation oncology, and they treated her right away, and they also treated her whole brain. And then after that, she needed systemic treatment. And because she was ERPR positive and premenopausal, I started her on tamoxifen and Zolodex. And this patient I gave zoledronic acid to for the bone metastases. And she began that in March 2009. But after one month, it was clear that the hormonal treatment was not working. She had increased bloating, increased abdominal discomfort. So I switched her over to systemic chemotherapy. So did she have objective evidence of disease progression? Symptomatically, she was worse. Her symptoms were worse, and her breast mass was a little bigger. I didn't repeat the scans at that point. I didn't think it was necessary. It was clear that she was getting worse. So then what? Well, I started on systemic chemotherapy and stage 4 disease. I chose Taxolavastin. And she had an amazing response to this regimen. Her breast mass had a large mass. It's beginning to erode the skin, painful. The mass promptly began to shrink. And after roughly six months of treatment, the mass is no longer palpable. All she has left is a little bit of scarring and some stretch marks over her breast. And we got a follow-up PET scan and there's also dramatic improvement. She had lung metastases, they're better. The bone mets appear to be healing. She's feeling well. So she's now basically a year and a half out from her diagnosis. She's got some symptoms related to the chemotherapy, a little bit of fatigue, but basically doing very well. And has had a little bit of peripheral neuropathy, but not that much. Any problems with the BEV? No, she really had no toxicity from the BEV. Anything new, Joe, in terms of trying to predict who benefits from BEV? There were data that came out of the E2100 study looking at SNPs, 
What do you think about that? Any other clues to try to pick out patients like this who seem to do so well? Of course, I guess you could have done well with a paclitaxel. Yes, Brian Schneider from Indiana University has published a report in the Journal of Clinical Oncology showing that certain SNPs seem to be associated with prolonged survival. Alan, as you've worked with this woman, any thoughts about how she's coped with the situation? I think for her, there was an element of deep shame, which is not unusual for women with breast cancer. And it may be that in some religious communities, a diagnosis of breast cancer may be associated with feelings of shame. And when I first saw her and you know, had to discuss with her all the test results, she cried. So I told her it was okay to cry. And I also told her that it was not her fault that she had developed breast cancer, that she hadn't done anything wrong, that she shouldn't be blaming herself for the diagnosis of breast cancer. The only reason I'm bringing this up now is because just at a recent visit, she specifically thanked me for having said that to her. Hmm. She said that has made an enormous difference in her life because, in fact, she did have terrible feelings of guilt the feeling that she perhaps had done something wrong, that she should have come in earlier, that this was all her fault. So I do think that the doctor can help relieve some of that psychological burden that the patient may bear by just acknowledging the possibility that those feelings may be present. Because what the patient told to me at this recent visit was that when I said that to her, she felt that the healing was beginning. Any comments, Joe? And what did you see in her today? I saw someone who was certainly relieved and gratified that she had such an excellent response to therapy, but who also still had some concerns about the future. And I also saw someone who was, you know, very grateful for the care that she received, not only the medical part of her care, but the other components of her care. And that was actually pretty much evident in most of the patients that we saw together today, not only from Dr. Astro, but from also his entire staff.